Cushioned header for Trent Arnold. What a hit, son. What a hit. OB, we are back. Liverpool are back. Me and you are back. And the two son, the, the Reds, the Red Men, Scott and OB. Let's have it. Um, have you calmed down after yesterday's game, out? That was absolutely insane. It was berserk. Absolutely crazy. Too wild. Um, if we're being totally honest. We don't need to be going through games like that. We should be better defensively. We should be finishing our chances when we get our chances. But we found a way, and that's that's what it's all about at this point of point of the season. It's not about how how good you've played. It's a result. Just keep getting the results, and then we'll get to the business end of the season and see where we are. So it yeah, reminded me today. Beautiful. Yeah, when my mind was wandering, Obi, it reminded me of Villa away uh, the year we won the league, nineteen twenty. Um, we scored two late goals. Andy Robertson at the far post to get us back level. And then Mane with another header from the corner in injury time. That game felt like it had gone. We weren't going to get back into it. And then look what happened. And yesterday was exactly the same. It 3-2 down with four minutes left. You thought that this game's gone. And so is probably the league, the league title race that we kind of were half-heartedly in. Um, I mean, I think we're half-heartedly in in for it because I don't think we've got the squad depth as we mentioned we're going to get into now injury to Allison, injury to Van Dyke, injury to Salah it's all over but we got over the line and got the three points yeah absolutely and it was interesting because even when Endo popped it in for 3-3 not one of the Liverpool players went mad they're all like let's do it again and that was the instant reaction and I think Fulham were taken aback by that. They expected everyone to be going crazy and running away all over the place. But it was like, let's get back. Let's go at them and let's do it again. Trav's in the comments. Cheers, Trav. You the man. Uh, Trav, just before we get into Liverpool, there's some breaking news on Sky Sports that Eric Ten Hag has lost half the dressing room. Um, I'm available to go live. I've got to pick my boy up uh, soon from work. But if you want to go live a bit later tonight and touch on it, I'm all yours, brother. Uh, let me know. Um OB, let's get straight into it. We went on the match preview show on Sunday morning saying that Kelleher is not capable of replacing Allison. But what keeper is? I don't know if we jinxed it. I don't know if that was the performance we were expecting. But we did say, look, he's not looked right since that four each against Southampton in the last game of the season. Every time he's got a chance since then, he looks a bit shaky, a little, a little bit bereft of confidence. And yesterday, certainly in the first half anyway, there's, there's not much he could have done with that third goal. But in the first half, let's let's just have it right. He was abysmal. He, he, he made a couple of big mistakes, didn't he? And it, I feel for him because I feel like the pressure's really on him. I do. I can, um, you, and it is. It is since that four each, Obi. Yeah, you can and, see and, it. You can smell it. His confidence has took a massive hit, and and that and that's up to Klopp to work with. Ultimately, he's got a good way. He's got to get into his mind because he's a good keeper in there. We know that. Yeah. We've seen him in enough cup competitions over the last two, three, four years to know he's a decent goalkeeper and a very, very good understudy, and probably a decent level Premier League goalkeeper. But he's obviously gone for a bit of a bad patch. Let's just hope he irons it out. Let's just hope the confidence of what happened yesterday and the feeling of what happened yesterday gives him a bit of a. Uh, a sense of look, the, the boys will bail me out anyway. Give me a bit more confidence, and we're going to score three, four goals every home game anyway. So uh, I've, I've got the opportunity to not feel too much under pressure. 
I did feel from a bit, and I tweeted it yesterday. Um, the most pleasing thing for me this season, I mentioned on a previous podcast, is that we control games. That first 45 minutes, there was no control. So you're absolutely bang on that we, as a team, need to be helping him, surely. Yeah, absolutely. We, we looked messy yesterday. I mean, I thought I, I thought we started okay. I thought uh, Slobosai looked good and he was making a lot of breaking runs. But overall, the flow didn't feel right. It just felt like something was a bit off. At times, we looked a bit manic. Um, they caused us a lot of problems by playing into that age-old area of, of in where Trent would have been and getting the ball, pinging the ball quickly into, into that area, which that's what teams do. And, and we've got to be able to either cope with that or find somewhere else for Trent on the pitch. And I'll come to that later on. But for me, we'll definitely a point, come to that later on. <laughs> there's a there's a point where it there's a point where it needs to happen, Scott. And I, I think that as much as we are an absolute force going forward defensively to sort ourselves out, we need to make a decision. And I think Klopp needs to think about sparing some of them defenders the stress of constantly be up against more players attacking than we've got defending. Well, listen, this is a Liverpool uh, episode right now. Me and you, obviously, we're the Liverpool fans. So forgive us if we get carried away. But when Joe Gomez come on at right back, we signed Jude Bellingham. That's the way it felt because Trent <laughs> into that midfield absolutely released the shackles of defensive responsibilities into midfield. I thought he'll, he'll get a goal here and he looked to absolutely relish it for the, I don't I don't even know what minute Gomez come on at. Was it the 80th or the 75th? Yeah. But as soon as it just felt right, something just seemed to feel right. And and I want to see more of that, Obi. Yeah, absolutely. I think Gomez is a good defensive, defensive um, right back. Always thought that and he's good, he's clever, he's good with his movement. That's Gomez's best position. And we've got a ready-made right back we can put in there. And um, we've got a midfielder who is, he pings a ball round. And the only one I've seen in the world who can ping a ball, ball round like that is Kevin De Bruyne. And I really think we're dealing with someone of that level. I, I can't agree more, mate. And uh, Dan from Two Blues has just joined. He's probably the biggest critic of Trent Arnold that I've ever met. Um, I hope you forgive me for saying that, Dan. Um, but you are, and sometimes it's been rightly so, especially when you've got Reese James at Chelsea, who a lot of people directly compare Trent to. Definitely on Twitter today, it's been all Reese versus Trent and all that argument. But moving forward, Obi, we don't even want that argument, do we? We want Trent in midfield. It really is yeah. as simple as that. We don't we don't need the right back conversation anymore? Who's the best best right back in in the Premier League? There'll be arguments and arguments and arguments because Trent is the best attacking one, I, I would say. And, and but overall. I would agree that Reese James is a more accomplished right back because defensively, I think he's a lot stronger. They I'd all also are. Say that, OB, yeah, Kyle I'd, I'd Walker, also say Kyle Trippier. Walker gets. Yeah, but Kyle Walker gets away with positioning because of his pace. Yeah. Um, which at the end of the day, he's got the pace, so he puts himself in end positions and he knows he can recover it. Trippier is very, very solid positionally. He's very, very good. But Trent's got that ability, that midfield ability. He should be playing midfield, Scott. We all know it. And for large parts of the game now, he is. It's just we're putting our defence under too much stress and we're almost going, score three, we're going to score four. If you score four, we're going to score five. And it's like, I don't want to be going through that every, every day. We should be controlling games. Um, we should be in control of what we're doing because you're flipping a coin all the time and we should have enough quality on the pitch to win these games easily. My heart's still hurting, Obi, from when Fulham's third goal went in yesterday. 
to make it 3-2. I've literally still got heartache. Like I can feel the pain. So conceding three goals at home to a team like Fulham, you're absolutely right. We cannot be doing that ever again. And um, what the change in the team or the, the approach or the strategy will be, um, you know, like you say, that's on Jurgen Klopp. But listen, Keller had an awful day yesterday, but again, I tweeted it. Forget Kelleher. And, and anyone that's watching this podcast that's heard me wax lyrical about Darwin Nunes, if Dan's still here, you'll know I've even done a TikTok or two about him. He was absolutely horrendous at finishing yesterday. This cannot carry on at this level. This could co- cost us the league if we're in for it. I don't know if we're in for the league, but that yeah. miss at Luton yesterday when he went clean through, and it was when it hit the bar, it was almost like you knew it was going to hit the bar. You knew he ain't going to score. It's almost like you expect it more for him to miss now. Do you know what? It's so strange, but the harder chances, I I expect him to score. And it's bizarre. And it's almost like a reversal. But what I would say is we've got key players all over the pitch who didn't have the best game yesterday. And we scored four goals, Scott. That's the potential of this team. Mm. And we're, we're talking about... And the front three team. never scored any, OB. No, no, they didn't. No, <laughs> they didn't. And we brought we brought on a guy that everybody's written off, a defensive midfielder, a number six who can't get in the team. Yeah, and, 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 and rightly so, from what we've seen. He looked like an absolute superstar. He had one shot that was yeah. deflected that nearly went in. And the second time round, that's an absolute cracking finish. Great technique. Puts in the top corner. Turns around and goes, right, boys, let's do this again. And led it. He led the charge back to the the centre centre circle. And I've got all the time in the world for Endo now. I think he's he's shown that he <laughs> he is willing to 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 give everything for the team. And it's I'm about thawing, Obi. I'm thawing. I don't want to flip flop in the podcast. In my mind, we were going to do too too good, too bad. You know, like a match of the day two at the end. Uh, we started with the too bad. Um, Kelleher was awful, Darwin Nunes, oh, and now we're going to do Scott. too good. C- come on, Scott, before we go into the good, we're criticising Nunes, Salah had a stinker. <sighs> yeah. Do you know what? It's not so much that Salah, Salah had a stinker as in he wasn't that lively and he didn't do mu- much of note. He didn't really have many or any goal-scoring chances. That, that, the frustrating that we... thing with Nunes is it's the ones he's missing, OB. What about that oh. one that flashed a lot across and all he had to do was tap it in and he completely oh, but, missed it? But, but Scott, that one that Salah smashed over the bar, he didn't have to hit it that high. He was oh, really yeah, close on yeah. the 3-2 down. And it was like, that's the chance that you make sure you put it on target, mate, rather than try and act like a smartass and put it into the roof of the net. And we've all seen him put him into the roof of net loads of times. Get it on target. Get it on target. It's free free. And it was it had been free free earlier. You know what I mean? And it was like, we do get away with stuff sometimes. We do get away with these things. But Salah's almost like the magic man. He gets away with missing these chances because <laughs> Nunes misses bigger chances. Yeah. Well, listen, I don't know if you've been on Twitter much today, OB, but uh, you know James Redman. You know James Redman TV. Um, I think it was him. And he said he's never known a player to get the benefit of the doubt as much as Darwin Nunes. And I sat there thinking, do you know what? It's right. What is the reason for that, OB? I think it's because he gets so many chances. So he's obviously doing something right. He's getting in all these positions. He's lively all over the pitch. He's chaos. I know people like say when Carragher called him Captain Chaos, it's like you need more to your game than just being a headless chicken could almost be Captain Chaos. But at the end of the day, he could, if it clicks, that's the dangerous thing. If it clicks, he could score three or four goals every game. 
And if he yeah. gets the confidence and starts finishing these chances, we've got a Luis Suarez on our hands. Let's be real. Yeah, we have. We have. And it's it's about him having composure or if it's about he's more of an instinctive striker, he's got to rely on them instincts and not think too much. And they've almost got to say to him, don't think about it. Just don't think about it. Just do whatever you're going to do. Because I think he has problems when the ball's coming down, he has to think. If he's going through, he has to think. But then the Newcastle chances, he had to think about what he was doing there. And he puts him in the bottom corner. So he's just inconsistent, Scott. Just inconsistent. Like when you say when he's got time to think as well, he's obviously big buddies with Salah now, but he's looking for Salah too much. You're a striker. Look first and foremost for yourself. Where am I going to hurt the team? Am I going to go left, right? You can almost see as soon as he brings the ball down, he's looking where Salah is. I've never seen as well Salah pass, try and pass to somebody as much as he tries to pass to Nunes. You think and that must all the be off the back of this bromance. With, yeah, it is. And you can see the amount of times. I mean, Salah put the ball through where Nunes made a hash of it as well, didn't he, yesterday? Um, Salah was looking for him a lot. And then the time that Diaz is in the middle, Salah shoots when if he's squared the ball, he's gone in. And this is, this is what I'm on about with Salah. I mean... I'm miles away from criticising him here because he's he's a Liverpool legend. I said this the other day. But for me, it's like he's almost getting away with it because Nunes is such a high-profile misser. It doesn't help that he wears plaits and, you know what I mean? And oh, don't even, on t- his... don't even start about them fucking plaits, man. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and he was diving. See them two know, times he, he threw know. himself to the floor in the box? I, I was like, Not I think that. I said Not it in the Liverpool that. group chat. Half time, get him off. And I don't just mean for the diving. I mean for them ridiculous plaits in his hair. What is he doing to us? I mean, he wouldn't have wore them plaits away to Arsenal or away to Man United or away to Man City, would he? He's been a bit arrogant there. I'm at home to Fulham. I'm going to bag a couple and I'm going to get away with it. I'm wearing my hair silly and everybody will think, oh my God, I'll get a load of publicity. That's what I think's happened. I'm, I'm not I'm not about that, you know what I mean? But then... What I would say is the work rate rate was there. All of these players that we've talked about all pushed to the end. They all put the effort in. They all made sure that we got over the line. They played really, really well in the last sort of 15, 20 minutes. And I think they, 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 they got the deserved win in the end. I know people say it's a little bit harsh on Fulham and they came and they had a go. They had a really good game plan with uh, Robinson. Was it Robinson down Trent's side, yeah. who was... He's a player. He's yeah, a player. If he could yeah, play like that. It. And it's like he, that That lad really played well. I thought Wilson played well, considering he's playing against his old team. Um, when he scored, he was respectful. I mean, I, I, I don't really that care. Cor- Cordova, Reed. I think he scored yeah. the third, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah Why he, is it every team we play against OB looks fucking decent? Like Luton. I, when I watched us against Luton, I'm like, they'll stay up. And then they'll get no, patterned so up like 4-0 the following week. Fulham will get yeah. beat 4-0 by someone next week. But as soon as Liverpool roll into town, all these teams look ace. Is that is that is that something against us? And that we're not it, packing it, these teams in. And you know what's I don't know, but you know what's gonna happen Wednesday as well. So Sheffield United are gonna get rid of uh, Hecklebottom or whatever his oh, name don't is. Don't say it, mate. Don't and say it, Chris, don't jinx it. Chris, Chris Wild Chris Wilder's coming in. Um, and according to the, the news reports, it's advanced talks. He's going to come in and whether he'll choose to be in the stands for the game on Wednesday or whether he'll choose to take charge of a team, I don't know. I think it depends if he fancies the fancies getting something out of it or not. I reckon he might sit in the stands and then take over on Thursday morning. I bet that's what he does. 
You see, that's a funny one because I was listening to Talksport. Apparently, he brought Paul Heckenbottom to Sheffield United a few years ago. So surely he's not in discussions to replace his mate. I think he is. I think he is. Or is is it with Heckenbottom's blessing? He's going to stand down. I don't know. I feel. I feel it's really harsh. I almost feel it's at the point of a lot of these managers at the top end, middle of top end of the of the championship. I'm probably thinking to myself, it's not worth going up because I'll hold my job for longer than I do if I manage to get up and I'll lose my job within a couple of months the next season. Overachieving, you know. Exactly. I mean, I've seen, I've seen some um, stuff about Steve Cooper and that's absolutely ridiculous. When he took over Forest, they were 20th in the championship and he's got them up there. He's kept them up. They look like they're a decent outfit. They have a little bit of a bad run and then suddenly everybody's on them. And it's like, that's bonkers. You know what I mean? Absolutely crazy. Uh, Let me jump in the comments. Uh, Dan says he's a better defender than Trent. You're not a better midfielder, though, Dan. I'll tell you that for nothing. Has he got got the passing range? Trent Bellingham. (laughs) Uh, Put Nunes in my FPL for Watkins. What you just have? Oh, Dan, I ain't got enough um, transfers to get rid of Nunes, mate. I'm getting rid of him. So I think I can't help but think that's a bad call, mate. I'm sorry to say. Uh, I think Heckenbottom is gone no matter what, and they've just gone for Wilder as a tra- tried and tested option. Tried, tested, and failed, though, isn't he? Isn't Wilder the one that took them down? Or yeah, did he get but he, uh, before they went no, down. No, he, he left before they went down. I think what happened was he, he did well. They chased Europe down the first season. I remember the season yes, where we, were, we won the league. That. We won the league. They were really, really good. And he started playing with these um, central defenders that turned up up front. I remember watching their game at Anfield and I went to it was just after the new year and I'm sure it was 2020 so probably not long before covid and they they were a good outfit they made it made it hard for us um and I think we turned them over 2-0 in the end but they were a quality team um Dan says it's closer than you think Scott if not from a dodgy knee there's still time Dan you're young and you are you still in your 20s Get that knee operated on and get get your boots back on. I'm 44 now, mate, and OB's even older than me, so it's it's over for us. Uh, yeah, you put Nunes in this week. Unlucky, mate. Do you know what, Dan? I put in Doku. I got a bit excited last night, uh, thinking, who am I going to waste my one transfer on? Put Doku on. Logged on today, and it says he's 75% as a risk. He's not playing. That's just my luck. Um, but anyway, enough of FPL for now. On to the two good. OB, you wouldn't listen, but I told you, Endo's a player. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm like, sure. I'm sure I remember the exact opposite conversation happening. <laughs> it's like I what a, a James Milner regen. Yeah, I think I think he he looked like he was lively when he came on. I think in them Europa League games, it's been a bit of a mixed bag. It's took him a little while to get used to it. It's not the same though in Europa League because the amount of ball we have is ridiculous. And a lot of the teams are and sitting there. It's a different there. lineup as well. It you is, yeah, yeah. And ben Doak and all that, and yeah, he's playing with Elliot and people like that. Yeah, and and it's it's tougher for him. But when when he came on, what was what did he play? Fifteen minutes yesterday. He looked quality, mate. Oh, he, he looked was, absolutely he was quality. Immense. And, and off the that, back of that fifteen minutes, I'd be starting him Wednesday. Ob. Wow. I honestly, would. Wow. Honestly, but I, I know you that's know what that's you big know what. Me. Can, can I share this? When I when I suggested that we played him. In uh, Premier League games about two weeks ago, you were like, I think you lost your mind. I think you were thinking, <laughs> somebody's nicked his phone. I was like, I yeah. think we put him in because ultimately we need a number six. He's the senior number six at a club. And I think... Well, he's the only. Callis- 
Well, we need to get McAllister out with that position, I would suggest. Well, um, li- listen, let's not flip-flop, but he's yeah. he's the second of my two good. Um, but just a word on Endo first. Um, it, I think yesterday was it was kind of tailor-made for him, OB, or any player. Look, we're, we're losing here. Go on, you, you've got nothing to lose. Fire in a few tackles, get your body about and just see what happens. So if anything, it was a kind of no-lose, no-pressure situation for him, wasn't it? And my he God, was, did he, he was, take that opportunity? He did, he did indeed. But he was winning the ball back. He was, additionally, he was bang on where he needed to be to make sure the pressure continued on Fulham. I thought, I thought the whole team were just absolutely unstoppable force in that last sort of 10 minutes. And you knew as soon as he, he got that ball, he got one chance, it was a sighter. Deflection just wide. The keeper was a little bit lucky. He went the other way and it just trickled wide. And then when he got the other one, he had the space and he, he was just going to take it. He just had composure as well. His first touch was lovely and just bang, straight in if the top If only Naby Keita could have finished like that in the Champions League final, AOB. Eh, apparently, apparently. Um, I mean, I, I think this was shared on one of the groups. Um, well, he scored two goals in 18 appearances, Endo. Is that right? And that's yeah. more than, what, Henderson, Fabinho, Milner and Keita last season? The whole of last season combined. So obviously they didn't score any goals last season then, surely, unless they got no. one between them and Endo's got two. No. Um, is it true that Salah got the ball in some space, seen it was Endo and nearly changed his mind and didn't give it? I mean, if you're going to lay the ball nicely in that position for someone yeah. to take a pop, you must have seen Endo and thought, oh God, what's he going to do with it? Do, do you know what's interesting? Endo was like, though? hold my beer, top corner, yeah. see you later, get the ball, no celebrating, we've got a game to win. And see Salah lay the ball off in that sort of situation. Yeah, it's really weird that he did it. So he, he must be doing it in training because he's trusted him, and he wouldn't give him the ball if he didn't trust him. We know that, and he doesn't like to give the ball to anybody anyway, unless he's going to get it back. Um, so no, it's fantastic. Um, Dan saying wasn't he the manager when they had Lundstrom Berger them lot? Uh, they were good for a period. Yeah. We were we yeah. were linked with that Sanderberg for like a long, long time. He's ended yeah, up going we to Burnley now and then they've just packed Sheffield United 5-0. Uh, Trav finds something funny. I'm not sure what it is. Probably but I think it, uh, Endo, Endo starting the next game. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be. Um, Gotta be. The second too good, McAllister. I mean, not just a strike. We, we had a conversation about McAllister and it was like... Um, he was getting a lot of criticism and probably right, right, rightfully so. Like he was like, and it was like, what is the problem? People are talking about the CDM position. You know, he's not a natural CDM. He needs released further up the pitch. And, and I was saying to you, it was, it's not the actual position that he's struggling. It's his all round game. He is out of form. It doesn't matter what position you're in. He'll get the ball and concede possession, pass it to an opposition player and, you can see his confidence has taken a hit. Maybe it's off the back of being a CDM. He's not comfortable there. But either way, he needs to play out of it. But my God, since that international break, how many games have there been? There's been three games. Uh, Alexis McAllister has arrived. He's all over the pitch. And then, I mean, that effort yesterday, I said in the group chat, it was Stevie G-esque. It was absolutely stunning. I don't think he'll hit a better ball. I really don't. I think it just... And he waited. He didn't hit it too early as well. And he showed composure. You watch, he waited till the ball was exactly where he wanted it to be. And he and the technique's absolutely fantastic. And as soon as he hit it, rocket in the top corner. Keeper was nowhere near it. And it was just an absolute beauty. But what, what I would say about McAllister was, 
I thought early on in the season, it looked a bit leggy. I don't know whether that's the impact of having a World Cup during the season last year and then um, obviously the big move and he probably tried to impress in pre-season because he's moved to a new club and he just looked a bit leggy. But I think in the last few weeks, I think he looks like he's got a bit more about him. He looks a bit stronger. He doesn't look absolutely... He's one of them guys, though, Scott. If you watch his face, when he's tired, he looks tired. Mm. And he shows it on his face. And it's like, you can see that early on in the season. But yesterday, he looked really determined. And I, I, you see a different side to him. But um, no, he was absolutely fantastic yesterday. It's good to see him playing. I mean, if they put Endo in there, he might even get a position further up the park. You never know. Uh, no one looks more tired than Simicast with his ball bag eyes. He always looks like the walking dead, doesn't he? Like, he's got shopping bags under his eyes. Do, do you know what, though? I thought he was, a, he was a little bit culpable. He should have jumped towards the ball for the, the, the one where they went 3-2 up. He got done over a bit, yeah. but the guy had a run on him. But you see, you see that happen a lot, though, don't you, Obi, when you've got yeah. someone really... We got done by Fulham last season. Remember the first game of the season? Trent yeah. got done at the back post, similar by Mitrovic. You know, it happens. I thought maybe Van Dyke, he could have jumped more and stopped yeah. the ball, nodded all across all or of Or just them. made it difficult, just made it difficult for him. Yeah. But um, the run didn't come from behind him. It came from the side of him as well, which made it even more difficult. Because if you watch, he actually puts in a cross that's over hit. And then the ball comes back in and he comes out from the wing into that position. And I don't know whether Simicast didn't think he'd be there. Whether Simicast didn't think that, it, it, I don't know. I, I don't know what he was thinking, but he was grounded when the ball came in. But then you see that a lot with, with fullbacks. They, they, it was a great, it was a great goal at the end of the day, wasn't it? It was, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think overall, away. and overall, Simicast has been a, a top player since he's come in for Robertson. He's done a magnificent job. Nobody can criticise him. I think he's he's really. He was a bit of a question mark when he came in, and a lot of people going, "Well, Robertson's out for a while; it's going to cause us a problem." But I don't think, I don't think he's had that as much of an impact as we think it would, it could have done. I'd also argue that Simakas is a great defender, particularly, and um, he's he's very good at winning these individual battles in a, in a lot of one on ones, which is fantastic to see. He's got a good engine as well, like Robertson, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Yeah, I mean that, that um, training, them training methods must be amazing because some of them yeah. boys at Liverpool, even like compared to the rest of the Premier League, and we see it more and more with some of these teams. But Liverpool look about as fit as anybody. You know what I mean when they're getting around the park. Um, okay, you've got to spare a thought for the Fulham keeper. Think of the Trent free oh. kick, the McAllister goal, and then the Endo goal. He's conceded three goals there. All three could be in the goal of the season competition come the end of the season and do you know what Scott what makes it worse is they even give him an own goal for the first one and they took it away from from Trent he doesn't want the accolade just give it to Trent you know what I mean it's horrible isn't it like don't even slow it down don't even analyse the goal to see if that it come off the bar and hit the keeper just let Trent have it I I felt sorry for him because he put everything into it and the fact that the ball wouldn't have gone in if it hadn't just clipped his back he must be absolutely raging. I imagine he's gone in and gone, well, what am I supposed to do about them goals? Absolutely nothing he could do about yeah. any of them. Every single one of them, nothing he could do. He just, Maybe the just fourth, got... but it went through a crowd of players. Yeah. Um... Great placement. I don't think the keeper could have been anywhere near it. I, n- n- not, not, with, not with what he was expecting him to do. The fact is as well that when Trent touches it the first time, 
It wasn't an amazing touch. Yeah. And then he cuts it back on himself into the near post and does everybody. And you can see the defenders going, oh, I didn't expect that. And they just turned around and they, they, they knew it was in. Uh, I don't know if Travis is still watching, but he thinks it was a foul on the defender for that fourth goal, Obi. Not having it. Um, on, uh, ref neither. Watch, <laughs> on ref watch earlier today, um, I think Dermot Gallagher wasn't having it. They were trying to argue the point. He goes, it's not a foul. He goes, it's not they a jump foul. together, it's, don't they? Yeah, it's, it's two players going for the ball. That's it. He says, yeah. it happens all of the time. He says, if you're given a foul for that, you'd have to give hundreds of fouls a game. And he, he goes, it's not a foul. He goes, when two players jump on. for the ball... One player wins it, and that's the that's the end of that little phase of yeah, play. Exactly. The fact exactly. that one of the players went on the floor doesn't mean anything. The defender no. won the header. Then Simakas bumped into him it, and put him to the floor. Is, but... Yeah, but this is the thing. It's a physical contact sport. It's not basketball we're playing. So yeah. there is going to be contact between... That's allowed within the sport. You know what I mean? And it's like, if we lose out, the game's gone for me and if if we're completely analysing and going people can't use their physicality to overpower people you know what I mean as long as it's not a foul and you're, you're causing a major a major movement in their body as you go in for a challenge so pushing them or, or shoulder barging them deliberately before the ball's arrived if you're jumping earnestly trying to win the ball it's not a foul absolutely um, are we creating a problem here Obi Trent Alexander-Arnold so let's face it he scored two yesterday he was put into midfield. Gareth Southgate sees him as a midfielder, plays him in midfield for England. Are we delaying the inevitable here for Klopp to give him a dilemma? And think of Trent's feelings as well. He must be loving getting goals, uh, assists, being all over the park midfield. There's, there might even even have to be a conversation between Klopp and Trent. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Klopp cares. I don't think Klopp cares what Southgate thinks. It's not. It, he, he won't involve himself with someone like Southgate's thinking. I think Southgate's naive. No, I think, I think way... more Trent. It, it yeah, might end up with Trent's like, Jürgen, please. Yeah. I'm 26 then, soon. If you think about it, guided Trent through his career. Every single part of it. He gave Trent his debut at Old Trafford away. He's trusted in that lad. If there's anybody in the world that Trent has got to put all his trust in, and just go, I, I trust you and I believe in you, it'll be Jurgen Klopp. And I don't think there'll be any conversation at all. I think it'll be really, really straightforward. And, and at the end of the day, it'll just go, I'll do what you need me to do, boss, because I've trusted you in my career and look where I've got to. It'll be straightforward. You're right back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Conversation over. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right back, but you can drift into midfield when, when we've got the ball. And when we haven't got the ball, we need you to get back there quicker because everybody's targeting that side. And, and and Joel isn't going to be able to keep going forever. Yeah, I, I love the way that whenever Gomez comes on, he obviously replaces Trent and he starts inverting himself. So you've got <laughs> Gomez that. in that double pivot with McAllister and then Matip, Van Dijk, Simikas. Yeah. Um, so obviously, he's, he obviously knows the drill. He knows the position. It's not just um, Trent that plays that. It's literally the right back, whoever it will be, will be taking up positions inside inverting like that. It's, it's, it's yeah. beautiful to watch. Well, you see, you see the the the, the free the free managers who are pushing it at the top of the league. They all use inverted in, inverted fullbacks, don't they? And they basically bring fullbacks in. So when you've got the ball, you put an extra man in midfield. You back your defence. Um, you back your other midfielders to be right positionally, and then you give yourself an extra man to build. And get the ball into the front, and 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 that's and that's what 
Pep, um, Arteta and Klopp are all doing. And it's really strange because they all started doing it about the same time. So I wonder if one of them spied the other one doing it in a training session and suddenly everybody's doing it. I don't know who started doing it first. but Pep started doing it. Let's let's be honest. Pep started doing it with John Stones. Do you remember yeah. about twelve months ago? Probably about a year ago yeah, but, now. Right, I'm I'm, it... I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to an earlier conversation. I saw um, Chris Wilder's Sheffield United do it five years ago. They were just all going up and going into midfield and going up front, and it was like that's that's revolutionary. And I'm wondering if that's just the development of that idea. So Ange Postacoglu copies Pep. And Pep copies Chris Wilder. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's where I've got to. And Chris, you deserve the job, mate. You deserve everything you get. Well, let's hope he's not in charge Wednesday night then. I can't um, I can't deal with inverted Sheffield United fullbacks running they'll, they'll right be, on us. They'll be playing tick-attack around us and, and I'll be like, I told you so, mate. You know what I mean? You can see it coming. Um, we've got to touch on Man City, our title rivals. Ob, is it, do you feel comfortable calling them title rivals? Are we right in the thick of it as Arsenal and Man City? But we've got to talk about a little bit about Simon Hooper and this this offside advantage, late whistle, three three against Spurs. Like I was watching it all unfold, and look, first and foremost, I'm happy that Man City have had a contentious decision go against them. I tweeted it about two weeks ago. That's all I want now is something to go against them. Jack Grealish didn't score the goal. Let's get that straight. Let's get absolutely clear. He might have been clean through on goal. I don't know what kind of Spurs defenders, if they had pace he's, to he's, he's not the quickest. He's not the quickest. He's not, is he? No. But that was horrendous yesterday. It, it, it was a strange, strange moment because he, he put the whistle to his mouth. Then he didn't blow signaled for play on and then when the ball was played he he then decided to blow up I mean it was so weird I mean there's loads of theories going around I know you've got about a few, a few of them as well Scott no but- I've got one one rock solid theory it's corruption he could not remember in that split second which team he's been paid to favour so straight away he was like oh yes Man City play on and then oh no no hang on it's, 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 is it on our whistle he got, wow. he got lost for a second. Play I the think, game. You know what I think? I think he thought Grealish was offside. That's what I think. Nah, he I don't like I that think theory. He, I've seen I think that theory. He, I think he looked up, he thought Grealish was offside, so he blew the whistle because he thought there's no advantage now. And then I think he's I think he's realised straight away that he was wrong because Grealish was about two yards onside and the, 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 the advantage was there. You know what I mean? It was clear. But what I would say is that it was a strange, strange play. Mad, I don't understand it? what he was thinking. It, 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 it was compounded as well, Ob, by the fact he let Man City players assault him. Yeah, exactly. So he knew he'd, I mean, he'd fucked up so, so bad that they so, started pushing him around. And he wasn't like, "What are you doing? Getting out the yellow cards?" And... What did what, Van Dyke when he got sent off? He got fined a hundred, hundred k, was it? Yeah. And didn't he get an extra match ban as well? I think he did. So for he me. Did. What what Harlan did in his face, and I've got to admit, some of them facial expressions are absolutely belters, <laughs> and some of the memes coming out today are fantastic. <laughs> but um, he, he's he's, it, I mean, for me, he, he should be fine for that. That that was that was out of order. It wasn't even him. Who was the other player? There was another player actually pushed him his shoulder. Yeah. It wasn't Rodri, was it? I think it might have been Rodri or Ruben Diaz. Already. One of them. Yeah, one of them too. Ruben I mean, Diaz, for me yeah. personally. Um, I would have just sent Bernardo Silva off because I don't like him. 
<laughs> have one of them red cards. Yeah, that's it. Um, Go, but Bernardo, I mean, that's your fault, mate. Get off. Yes. I mean, what a game, though. 3-3. Three, three. Uh, it was just end-to-end -end in Spurs. Are they proving people wrong a little bit? Everyone's know, written, them, I, written them off after three I, defeats in a row. I think they got away with one a bit because if City had scored all them chances that they had, they'd have flew away from them. I mean, we talk about Nunes missing chances, big chances. Haaland missed an open goal yesterday. Let's let's have it yeah. right. And when he's at least he about, caught the ball though. Nunes would have missed the ball. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's still a miss, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, that that age old thing of the, the amount of chances that they should have scored and they didn't hit the post, they hit the bar. Um, another day that they've probably scored six or seven against them. You know what I mean? And it wouldn't have been as close. I think that Postecoglou's um, brand of football's entertaining. Um, they are box office to watch, but I don't think they're going to win anything playing like that in the Premier League. I think he's going to get found out far too many times. If you if you look at his last four games, he's only took a point from them. You know what I mean? So there's a whole point around there is ultimately you've got to be clever in the game. The game management's got to be right and you've got to make sure you see the game out. Um, I'd also say the same about City. I don't think the game management is, is what it's been in previous seasons. But we all know that they will sort themselves out as the season goes on. Probably. They, they miss they miss De Bruyne and Stones in particular. Um, De Bruyne is composed. He, he, he controls the pace of a game and he, he knocks a ball around or he'll run with it or, he, you know what I mean, or he'll draw a foul at the right times. He, he knows how to manage the game. And Stones is their, their best defender by a long way. I mean, people talk about Ruben Diaz, but I, I honestly think Stones is absolutely immense. Yeah, he is. He's decent. Uh, Trav agrees Haaland's was way worse than Van Dijk. And see, that's the thing. It's another like mess up by the referee because his, his head was gone by then, OB. Like, literally, Haaland could have spat in his face and he'd have still been just thinking about himself. I've just messed up, like, catastrophically yeah. there. But... At the same time, I did hear on TalkSport on the way home tonight that Man City are char getting charged for failing to control their players. So it will be interesting to see how that one plays out and see if they do get a retrospective ban, Haaland or Rodri, whoever it was. I also think as well, Haaland goes about smiling and that when things go well. Um, he stormed off the pitch. I don't think he shook anybody's hand at the end no, of that he game. He, st he had his hair flowing in locks and was like stormed off the pitch. And it's like... That's, that's not the way you're supposed to behave. You know what I mean? There was no need for it. It was unnecessary. It was a great game of football, great advert for the Premier League. And um, it was a, I mean, it was a terrible decision. I get it. I understand it. But at the end of the day, shake people's hands because it's not the Spurs players' fault. Absolutely. Uh, we're nearly halfway through the season. It'll be 14 games in, uh, more than a third. Let's say that. We're second in the league, two points behind the leaders and Man City are behind us. You'd have took that 14 games ago, wouldn't you? I would have done, but I don't think we can really iron out who's going to be in the race for the title until we get to the business end in March. I think there's a lot January of January as well, OB. Way. January will be huge for us. Are FSG going to allow Klopp to go again and probably sign an upgrade on Endo? And we'll there know is, straight there no, away. There's, there's no upgrade on Endo. <laughs> Have you not? Have you not been listening to yourself for the last yes. half hour? There's go no on, Endo, great. lad. Go ahead. Yeah. Just, just give him a pay rise, and we'll win the league. <laughs> a new five-year contract. Uh, now, but all seriousness, <laughs> we need to sign a proper DM um, in January. And to me, we're either going to sign Obi on the first of January, or it ain't happening. 
They will not let it rumble on to January the 31st. Is it 30 days in January? You remember when we were scratching around for uh, Quebec and Ben Davies was his name from Derby, was it? Or Preston? Yeah, Preston, Um, yeah. We won't be scratching around. It's either going to happen very early in January or it's not happening at all. And I can't be doing with Twitter the whole of January if it doesn't happen on the 1st of January. It'll be constant. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? I can't do with another month like that. The summer was bad enough. The interesting thing is we've managed to won the last two games. One of them was in uh, Europe and one of them's uh, in the Premier League with multiple changes um, and with a, with a reserve keeper. So we're winning games. It shows that there is a bit of squad depth there. We've got goals in us as well, which is obviously really important. And I think for me, I think it's a case of uh, Klopp having a look and see what's out there. And if there's someone who can improve the squad, for that for, for the back end of the season, it'll, it'll go for him, but he won't be paying over the odds. I, I just don't think that will happen. I think it'll be a case of the right deal at the right point. Um, who who would you go for, Scott? You're probably gonna slate me for this, but at the right price, which obviously under FSG, everything as you just alluded to has to be at the right price. I'm sorry, but I would go for Phillips from Man City, Calvin Phillips. I think he's, he, I he's think ready he made. He would slot straight into the team. And I'm not saying he's going to be Rodri levels or uh, Declan Rice levels. What I'm saying is he would slot straight into that number six position. He knows the Premier League inside out. He's still an England international. Yes, he's 27, going on 28. But he's still at Man City. The only one keeping him out is Rodri. Um, yeah. I just think he probably needs the move just as much as Liverpool need a, a proper number six. At the right price, I've got to admit I'm thawing towards Calvin Phillips. I think I think it's, a, it's certainly an option. Um, a little bit of risk attached to it. How how match fit is he? How mm. quickly can he get up to speed? Can he cope with a ninety minutes intense game? Because let's be honest, most England games aren't ninety minutes intense football, are they? He'll play a half and come off or play sixty minutes of a game if he's lucky. And it's about about where he is fitness wise and what we think he can do, but. Um, it's got to be the and right what, price. what price is the right price, Obi? I mean, it's not even our money. Was it matter to us? But I'm talking around the 30 million mark. Yeah. What did he go to Man City for? 45, 50? So. Yeah, I would say so. Any more than sort of 35 million, I don't think it's worth taking the taking the punt. Um, and City have showed that they, they don't mind strengthening an opposition. They've sold enough players to Arsenal. They've sold a few players to Chelsea. They will sell at the right price especially with FFP and these Premier League charges hanging over them. They they need to balance the books as much as any other team, probably even more than any other team with all the, um, all the, what's it called? They've attracted attention, all the attention yeah. they're attracted. Yeah. So I don't think they'd be averse to um, selling to us. And do they, do you think they see us as a title rival or do you think they're just looking at Arsenal? I don't know. I think it'll be very, it'll be important to Pep where we are in the league, um, whether he would consider selling them. Because I imagine it'll ultimately come down to him. Um, and I suspect that they won't sell them to us if, when it comes down to it, especially if, we've, if we're in front of him in the league. I think he'll just go, no, I'm not selling to them. What about you? Sorry, mate, I didn't ask you. Who would you have? Um, you got anyone on your radar? No, no, not really. But because you love endo, <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm all in on the endo. I'm on the endo train. Um, for me, 
ultimately, I mean, it'd be about us getting in the right player. Klopp will have scouts out there and he'll probably pluck somebody from Europe somewhere, whether it be in the German league somewhere, and he'll just pull them out of the bag or he'll find out that someone's unsettled where they are, pull them out of the bag and land them. And, and we'll all be going, where did that come from? And he'll turn out to be brilliant because I think that's what he can do. Um, I haven't got anybody in particular. I mean, we've cooled on that lad from Brazil, haven't we? Um, so I, I suspect it'll either be Calvin Phillips or someone someone very, very left field. Um, that's 45 minutes, mate. I feel like we could talk for another 45 minutes because I just thought that I want to talk about Sobosly, but we're going to keep that for the next poddy. Let's do it. Um, I'm not even going to tell you what I want to talk about, whether it's positive or negative. I'll leave you hanging. Um, I love a teaser. Anyone... I love a teaser. Yes. Um, if anyone's made it this far, don't forget to like or subscribe. We've got five viewing right now. That's ace. Don't forget to like and subscribe, guys, if you like what you've heard, of course. Uh, Trav's in the comments. Pep doesn't take anyone lightly. I think sometimes that works uh, as a detriment to him, though, isn't it, Obi? That he, yeah. you've said it before, he sometimes overthinks it. Yeah, he, he overthinks the games against us. I thought there was a little bit of that last week as well. When we played them, I think he was overthinking about what we could do to him. And he therefore, he toned down his attacking prowess a little bit. Um, Anfield, he's a mess. And he occasionally gets it right. But a lot of the times when he goes to Anfield, he just overthinks it. You know what I mean? He, he starts playing the crowd rather than the game. And um, it's beautiful every single time. He has like Bernardo Silva left wing back and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 think, I think he wakes up in the middle of the night and he's got like this massive board of all these different moves going on and he starts playing about with it. and Like Edison's a murder in, board. Yeah. Edison's <laughs> in midfield and everything and he's like tearing his, like what hair he has left out, just worrying about what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. And he needs to concentrate on his own team really. We're in his head, rent free. Have been for years. Can't wait for the Man City uh, game to come to Anfield. It's going to be a, a huge one, but there's so much ball um, between now and that game. Anyway, not least this week, um, we might be live uh, Tuesday tomorrow night. Maybe Rob Trav for Arsenal away to Luton match reaction Wednesday. I think Liverpool and Man United both play. Um, so, yeah, we'll see you whenever we see you in the next stream, whenever that may be. Don't forget to tune in. Don't forget to like and subscribe, of course. Trav, Dan, cheers for joining in the um, comments and all that, most stream. Really appreciate it. Uh, Obi, roll on Sheffield United away. We're away to Sheffield United, then away to Crystal Palace. I wouldn't mind a, a nice little six points there. Yeah, I've got to be careful with Wilder, Wilder Ball um, and, and, and Roy Ball. So uh, we've just got, to play, just got to play it through and make sure we're okay. Oh, uh, and, and then after that, it's the big one, Man United. United, that's a tough We're going to be having doing, obviously, a preview to the game. We're going to do a Sunday morning coffee, Trav, if you're still watching. We might even do a live watch along and definitely a match reaction at half six on the Sunday. So lots to look forward to. Can't wait for that one. And of course, we'll do the exact same when it's at Old Trafford. Don't you worry about that. We're not just lining up all these streams because we're at home at Anfield, even though we do love it at Anfield. Um, but yeah, nice one. Obi, you're the man. I'll see you in the group chat. Cheers. Thanks, Scott. But oh, you beauty! What a headshot!